12 minutes past eight, and North Korea continues business as usual with its missile development, despite President Moon Jae-in here making it clear he wants dialogue with Pyongyang. Two missile tests since Moon took office two weeks ago. Eight this year so far. Where is it heading and how should we respond? Is the deployment of third missile defence, for example, looking more wise now? Let's bring in Stephen Costello, President of Pro Global Consulting. Uh, Thank you very much for joining us. Hello, it's nice to be with you. And what do you think uh, about North Korea's real intention behind these latest tests, including on Sunday... A launch it describes as intermediate range. South Korea has used the word medium range. The difference being um, that uh, perhaps one could reach Guam, let's say, and the other wouldn't be able to. Uh, The first thing to say probably is that uh, we really don't know exactly North Korea's intentions because we have not been talking to them. Um, The Korean side since at least uh, 2003 and the U.S. side for the past 16 years um, the second thing to say might be that uh, the North, for many years, seems to be very focused on the U.S. Uh, as its first and primary diplomatic interlocutor, if you will. Uh, they do this for a bunch of very logical reasons, because they believe, they seem to believe, that, uh, that the U.S. Is the, is the one power that could uh, smooth their way to new international interactions, maybe a peace treaty, you know, maybe some uh, security. So for those reasons, I'd say that when they launch these missiles, it's uh, often, it may be not at all to do with the South Korean side, no matter what South Korea is doing. And it may have much more to do with the U.S. But the fact that Moon Jae-in took office a couple of weeks ago, and North Korea's media has certainly noted uh, the, the change in administration, we've seen comments actually of disappointment about uh, Seoul's position since he took office. Um, And North Korea also seemed to have its campaign period going on whilst we were going through our own election here. There must be some connection with that, isn't there? Um, You would hope so. I mean, it would be polite and it would be smart of the North. Apologies there. Uh, We've uh, obviously had a disruption to the phone line, but we'll pick up on that thread. If you want to get involved in the discussion yourself, uh, let me remind you of our text message number, pound or sharp, 1013451 per message. Um, And yeah, we can second guess, third guess, fourth guess, ad infinitum North Korea's intentions without ever coming up with a conclusive answer. What we can more practically discuss is how should we respond to it? Do we respond still with this push for dialogue that we're actually seeing with Seoul, uh, a push for cooperation? Or, uh, and or, uh, perhaps is a better way of putting it, do we go down the third missile defence route and wherever that takes us? Uh, Let's bring in again Mr Costello. Thank you for joining us uh, again on the line. Sorry to be cut off. Um, Yes, well, thank so, you for so rejoining think, us. Uh, the, most, the most important thing, I think, uh, is probably that, that North Korea is looking very carefully at uh, U.S. moves. And um, there is a basic incompatibility between uh, the U.S. doubling down on the same policy, call it strategic patience or the Bush-Cheney-Rumsfeld approach beginning in 2001. That approach has lasted now for going on 16, 17 years, and Trump has not changed it. Even with the incoming new administration in Seoul, um, there is uh, very little 
uh, indication that uh, the U.S. administration has changed this. In fact, they seem to be doubling down even more on a pressure campaign. Yes. So it would certainly make sense that that's what the North Koreans are reacting to rather than anything else. Yeah, I mean, from the U.S. position, it does look like there was a lot of posturing going on, uh, the, the, the taking of tensions to a new level by uh, showing off some military might, but that what they clearly don't want is is a war. That's what it looks like from, from our position, I'd say, here in South Korea. By the same token, does that mean sanctions is the only option available to us? Uh, yes, I very much agree that the the whole business of posturing by the uh, the new Trump administration was um, was very important for them, and it demonstrates that they are at least for now uh, completely committed to the you know sort of the failed Obama and Bush policy of uh, so-called strategic patience. Um, the other thing to say about that, I think, as you noted in, uh, earlier, is that Rex Tillerson uh, recently, his remarks recently, when he seemed to make quite clear that the new U.S. administration does not intend to try to push over the North Korean regime, they don't want uh, the North to collapse, they don't want to take over, all they want is denuclearization. Uh, if that's true, and it's, it may be true for some people inside the Trump administration, that means all this posturing was for nothing. It was pretend. It was not serious. I think um, the Chinese, the North Koreans, and many others knew this all along. But it certainly makes the U.S. side look rather fickle and uh, rather confused in its approach. The, the use of sanctions, as, as you know and as your listeners know, is very much of a last option when uh, one doesn't have anything else to do and one wants to look tough. Yeah. So I think um, because that's what we have now, and because the Trump administration is, seems to be seeking to double down on sanctions, even uh, while the new Moon administration has come in, um, I think what you have is a situation where somebody behind the scenes is going to have to be quite clear. I'm not sure that has happened yet. I, I read the news like everybody else, but... Uh, it's not clear to me that on the South Korean side anyone has been able to be clear enough about uh, the South Korean government's intentions and uh, how compatible they may or may not be with current U.S. policy. Yeah. I mean, one of the policies that I've heard suggested, we've mentioned it a little bit on air in the past, although it doesn't seem to be getting any traction now, is to actually back off the sanctions, to back off completely, to allow North Korea to come under its own weight of market forces eventually um and and to um see what happens basically but again th there just seem to be no good options and that's part of the problem so then that brings us to how can we best defend ourselves against what seems to be the inevitable continuation of north korea's weapon development and we've been talking a lot about third missile defense uh donald trump flip-flopping here and there on various policies that had been put forward under the Barack Obama administration, including how THAAD would be funded. What's your position on that? Uh, first, let me push back a bit on the, the concept that there are no good options. Uh, I think that's, that's really a, uh, a misunderstanding of, of where we are and where we've been. There are very good options, and those options, when tried in the past, were successful. Um, so during that period of roughly you know, uh, 1998 to 2001, 
Um, we were doing very well, and uh, the North Koreans did not have any nuclear missiles. And the policies that led to that were uh, very sophisticated and very well implemented. I mean, I, I should just I should just uh, jump in there and say yes. Arguably, there were gains there, but at what expense on the human rights front? When we strengthen North Korea's regime, um, when when the people themselves have almost zero hope of regime change. I mean, it's that payoff, isn't it, all the time that we have to consider? Well, I suppose this is the difference between real diplomacy and pretend or fantasy diplomacy. Uh, The fact is that engaging the North is the only way to really address the North Korean human rights catastrophe. Um, The fact is also that the couple of hundred thousand workers at the Kaesong complex uh, and their, the improvement in their lives was probably the best human rights change in North Korea that's ever been accomplished in the last couple of decades. So um, human rights is certainly an issue, but how to address it must be done with a lot of forethought. Um, going to the TAD missile defense, I think the important thing about that is that it's largely a symbolic matter. And it was implemented by Obama and President Park Geun-hye. I'm not certain that the Trump administration is or ought to be terribly attached to it. Its problem for South Korea is multi-layered, going to diplomacy, real defense, and other things. So the suggestion by the campaigner and now the the President Moon Jae-in that it would have to go through normal channels of review through the National Assembly is probably a wise way to go. And that looks like we are heading in that direction. Unfortunately, we are out of time for now. Um, Stephen Gasol, thank you for your optimism that there are potentially good ways to go. And if you do um, subscribe to that, any of our listeners, please do get in touch because we may well be heading back in the direction of uh, cooperation. Powder Sharp, 1013 for 51 per message. Stephen Costello, President of Pro Global Consulting, thank you very much for joining us.